This week, Logitech G is taking over. Twitch is backing down. Instagram is planning a thread. And Netflix is gaining new users. It is Sunday, June 11th, 2023. And this is episode 649 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through our live streaming services, Livestream.com, Twitch, or YouTube, where you can join the community and get ad-free episodes of F5 Live and Pilchpoint, or on our website, PluckIt'sLive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. If you're not able to join us live, that's okay. Plunkitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, Pilch Point, Plunkits Live Presents, Plunkits Live Unboxed, and a whole lot more. And of course, you'll find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. I mentioned Unboxed this week because uh, we've got a lot of new content being published into there and into How To. Um, there is a stack of products on the floor here <laughs> from our last filming of Unboxing and a variety of cool products, including Twinkly Lights which I'm very excited to do a how-to on how to set up because I don't know if you've set these things up, Abram. It's unbelievable how easy they are. We, yeah. we got to see these things in action uh, in our studio at CES. I couldn't believe how cool these things were, and I cannot wait to show people how easy it is to do. But how have you been this week? All right. Decent. You know, lots of stressing, depressing stuff. But, uh, but you know, it's, uh, there's a lot to do. So uh, it's always good to be, to be busy. Busy is better than not, for sure. <laughs> yep. Yep. We'll talk about, uh, this was a exciting week in one respect, which is that we at Tom's Hardware never get invited to Apple events. And we got invited, uh, Andrew, our uh, senior editor, got invited, and he went, and he got to sit there and watch the same video that we got to watch remotely, because uh, the presentation wasn't even live, you know, like they had just had uh, a stream that they showed them on the, in the theater there at Apple's campus, and they show it on YouTube, uh, although their version was like about 30 seconds ahead of ours. And um, so they got the scoop. Then it's they got the scoop, and then at some point after that, he got to do uh, to talk a bit. Uh, got to, to learn a bit more about, um, you know, got to learn a bit more about their their new desktop or whatever. But um, you know, it's not. Uh, he did not get to try on the the goggles, uh, the Vision Pro, mm -hmm. uh, but. Uh, obviously, that was a big topic this week, and whether yeah. people should spend thirty five hundred dollars on uh, the today's Hololens, which is 
uh, which you've pulled out your HoloLens to to watch us uh, <laughs> to watch us do this. And I don't know. My feeling about it is sort of like people were complaining about the the cost of it, which is a lot. And it does make me think, like, how come the cost? And then people will say, oh, but the price is going to go down. But why hasn't the price gone down already? Because we had this a few years ago, and it was the HoloLens, and that was also around the same price. This one launched at so, 3000 The second gen launched at 3500 Right. So I right, bought this so one for 500 price, Right. right. So, <laughs> so the same price. And when did the first one come out? 17 I was... Was it? I feel like it was longer ago than that. 15. 15. Yeah. So, right. So it's been eight years since the first HoloLens. In and... fairness, it was shown off in 15. I think it launched in 16. But it was shown off at that Surface event in 2015. So it's been around a while. Yeah. And now, granted, granted, Apple's stuff has better technology, higher res. Of course. All that kind of stuff. But the cost of doing it, of making a high-end AR headset, for whatever that a high-end AR headset means today, is not really gotten any cheaper. It's still yeah. really expensive. So I don't know how that translates into at some point being a consumer product where people yeah. would buy it for you know five hundred dollars under a thousand dollars. Yeah. So I'll uh, I'll tell you, we interviewed a company that is part of the TCL Accelerator program at CES this year, whose name I can't come up with, that has two headsets. One is AR and one is just like a virtual screen yeah. rerouter uh, headset. Um, and I think they were well under a 1,000, if I remember correctly. It is possible to do. Just not with with, qual with with quality, perhaps you know. But I mean, I think the other open question, and I'll just leave it at that, is whether or not like you people want to have that kind of AR experience. Like, yeah. I mean, exactly. you need a nice you need a nice house for one thing, right? Like, because I don't want to be staring at like a pile of my kids' toys and trying to like do my work on top of those or or watch a video on top of those or whatever, right? I mean, VR would have been better for that, right? Well, that's but why they you made push, ARs. That's why you you push the button or do the whatever gesture, and the world goes away, and now you're in VR. Which Can technically, you do that with it? yeah, yeah. Um, there's a there's a mode where it's where a virtual environment assumes uh, the real world because it's not see through. Oh. It's not the Hololens. It is an iPhone strapped to your face. It's a very different product. And I was disappointed about that because I started to see some leaked images and you could see eyes in the leaked images. And I'm like, oh my God, have they actually perfected the HoloLens? No, no, they have not. It's the most Apple thing I've ever seen in my life. It's a screen on the front of the headset that shows your eyes. But they're not really your eyes. I mean, it's a right. there's a camera inside that's pushing an image of your eyes out. It's the but, most yeah. Apple thing I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know people were talking about that. I thought somehow you could still see through it or, or something. So so it's in effect, it actually is virtual. VR. Yeah, it is VR. So it's actually, it is, it is VR. It's just 
showing you real world through camera. So they don't need yeah. to show you real eyes. They could just get a picture. It's not like your eyes change that much, right? Like I know. Take a picture and, once. And yet. And that's yeah. And yet. <laughs> they seem to have gone to a ton of trouble to make sure that the scale and the placement is exactly correct. Could you change your eye color with it? You should be able to change your eye color, right? Like, I don't know. hey, I want it. <laughs> you know, I want mood eyes. Like, if I'm angry, <laughs> I want my eyes to be glowing red. <laughs> That's what I want. Like a anyway, like an I, evil sentient robot. Yeah, In exactly. Any sci-fi exactly. movie. <laughs> exactly. I want glowing red eyes. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, with the with the thing. It, I mean, it's it, it's kind it's it's kind of nuts. I mean, I bet Elon Musk now is really sorry he spent all that money on Twitter because he could afford like at least two of these if he hadn't bought Twitter. <laughs> uh, but, but you know, it's. I, I mean, it's. I'm all. I'm. I'm a big. Listen. I'm. I'm actually like. I give some. A lot of. I'll leave it at this. I actually give a lot of kudos to Apple for uh, pushing into a market that has been. Uh, you know, kind of ignore. Well, not ignored, but is you know, it's been a tough market for people to break into. Yeah. Rather than jumping on the chatbot AI bandwagon and just saying, "Oh, look, we're going to do another chatbot," because that's what everybody is talking about right now. They, you know, they're going to come out with something that, like, could be really cool. It's just it might be uh, like too expensive, mm -hmm. and then I think the expense of it limits the utility because even if you could afford 3500 bucks all those people in the videos like playing soccer with their kids i'm not gonna play ball with my kids if they could throw a ball in my face and break my 3500 glasses yeah yeah and that you know I, that was the problem with this thing too right it's three it was three thousand dollars nobody was gonna wear it around the house people don't wear the oculus around the house and those things originally were $300. Right. So, you know, it, right. I Yeah, so this I, is I think it's a make or break moment for AR. Um I feel really bad for Magic Leap because their second generation hardware is not ready yet because if they oh, if they could get their second gen hardware out Friday. <laughs> I think they'd own the space. Um, but I, I think this is going to be a bit of a make or break. If Apple can't make it work today, wasn't the case always in the past for different product categories. But if they, if Apple can't make it work today, ain't nobody making it work tomorrow. So... We'll see. We also don't exactly know, have a timeline on this thing. Um, the, the fact that they've got developer units is not a great sign because normally uh, Apple only does developer units when there's going to be a huge lead time between an announcement and a release. Right. So we'll, we'll see how all that plays out, but I don't know. I think the thirty five hundred dollars is gonna gonna really hamper its uh, its possible market value. But 
I just, I just got to have our hollow kid out here tonight because it seemed, it seemed appropriate. <laughs> yep. So, anyway, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, including some stuff that was going to affect us that we were really worried about here in the office. So, um, we're gonna get down to that. Um, before we do, a reminder if. If you are joining us on Facebook or Twitter, it's time to join us over at f5live.tv slash join us because you're about to go dark for the rest of you. Let's get started. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, tablet, Xbox, games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. Remember, current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% off almost everything. To browse the products and learn more about the discounts, you can go to f5live.tv Microsoft. Speaking of a longtime uh, Microsoft partner, uh, some things are happening over at Logitech. Over the last couple of years, the company has been purchasing a lot of uh, companies, particularly in the content creator and gaming slash streaming space. Um, Blue Microphones, for example, which was created by our, our good friend Skipper Wise, who also created this company and designed this microphone sitting in front of me. Um, and the one sitting in front of Avram, you just can't see it. Um, those were both designed by Skipper. Um, he started Blue Microphones, Logitech purchased them in 2018. Um, before that, Astro Gaming, um, a premium line of gaming accessories, was purchased by Logitech in 2017. Um, in just 2021, uh, Logitech purchased... Mevo, the camera that's sitting here in front of me, and in fact, it's the camera you're watching me on right now, um, and that was brought into their uh, Logitech for Creators brand, and um, the Mevo name has semi been assumed into that Logitech for Creators. Um, now, all of it is being done away with at different levels, and it's all coming under the Logitech G brand, which is their their uh, gaming accessories. Um, Blue is no more as of, I think, July 7th. Um, Blue will be no more. All of the microphones built under the Blue name, like the Yeti, the Yeti X, the Snowball will all move under the Logitech G name entirely. So it'll be the Logitech G Yeti, the Logitech G Snowball, no longer the blue uh, Yeti or blue Snowball. Um, Astro will become a product series um, inside of Logitech G. So Logitech G has like their pro line and above that is going to be the Astro line, uh, but they will not uh, operate independently. And all of Logitech for Creators is gone and coming under the Logitech G umbrella as well. Um, we don't know exactly what the name Mevo 
is going to do. Um, because I'll tell you, I've got two sets of Mevos here in the studio right now. The other one's just out of reach. Um, the first generation has the Mevo logo here on the side. The second generation does not, but it does have the Logi logo on the front under the lens. So it's possible that we will also see the Mevo branding go away as well. They did not talk about Mevo, but they did talk about the parent of Logitech for creators. I think this is an interesting move. Um, I think I understand why they're getting rid of the blue branding. Um, in the interim years between Skipper leaving and Logitech buying them, uh, their quality was questionable. Um, my brother purchased uh, a blue snowball that was part that was produced after uh, his departure. And it shocked him on several occasions. Um, so production quality went down. And I, f I think that probably hurt the brand. And so dumping the brand name entirely is probably an okay idea. Maintaining Astro seems like a good idea since people in the gaming space know Astro and know it for its quality. And I don't think anybody knows what Logitech for Creators even existed. Except for me, because I've got a box over there that has it on the... <laughs> as a sticker on the side. Um, but, I mean, there's, there's history to these names. And, I don't know, sometimes I get weird about throwing the history of the brand away unless the brand has been totally destroyed. I don't think Blue's yeah. totally destroyed. I think it could have been rehabilitated. Astro definitely isn't. I don't think enough people even knew what Mevo was to feel like it was damaged. I. What do you think? I mean, it's it's one of those things that's a tough call if you're a, if you're a company is managing different brands mm -hmm. and deciding how much how much you're going to keep that brand alive. So, um, you know, HP has a really uh bad history with sort of you know taking the life out of brands and oh, that they bought and oh i'm sorry i coughed palm 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 is obviously a huge one but you know uh voodoo is another one yeah. that comes to mind that they bought like people probably don't even remember now that voodoo was like a you know high-end gaming pc uh company yeah. and they bought voodoo and then it was like, okay, we're going to have a couple of things with Voodoo name on it. And then they almost immediately got rid of the Voodoo name. I don't think anything having to do with Voodoo remained. But periodically, they would come out with a laptop or a desktop and say it has Voodoo DNA. Like, what does that mean? Uh, so It was designed by the know. people we purchased in the acquisition. Yeah. Now... At the moment, they still haven't like killed HyperX. Um, so, like HyperX, uh, they bought HyperX from Kingston, yeah. And if they're still, it, and it still exists as a brand. So, uh, I mean, what they're doing as a brand, I'm not sure is is uh, fantastic, <laughs> but they uh, but they still exist. So, 
uh, I mean, Logitech obviously has a lot of, um, I mean, I don't know about the Logitech G brand specifically, but Logitech as a brand has a lot of uh, brand equity. Uh, generally, true. their reputation is good, although it's not really, I don't know if it's broken through as a gamer brand, even though they have the Logitech G stuff. And Logitech it, it G is pretty good. Logitech G is a pretty solid name in uh in the gaming I mean, space especially the logitech g pro i've got i've got uh logitech g keyboard and mouse now um at mission control yeah i mean their their keyboards and mice are really good i i don't doubt that they are i don't know if it's if that word is broken through to the gaming community but so uh, the but, thing that's interesting is astro which they're not getting rid of they're just making it the Logitech G Astro series, right? Um, has a lot of brand equity in in the gaming world as like above pro level audio mixers and headsets and controllers and kind of a whole line of stuff. Um, and I don't know if that's going to trickle if they put the Logitech G name in front of it. Is that going to help trickle it down or is that going to water down astro right i don't know right it's i mean it's 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 hard to say i think that their goal seems to be that they want everything to fall under the logitech g brand um not great news for people who loved uh blue but i don't know i don't feel like the blue name was so fantastic that it needs to lit needs to remain yeah, um, certainly not you know, I, in modern day. You know, if if we go back to right. the days, because, you know, they were originally founded making professional microphones for stage and screen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Skipper Wise is a blues musician, if I remember correctly, um, who hated the quality of microphones and set about to make something better. Um, and yeah. then things devolved at some point into you know the the snowball and the the yeti that we know today yeah. um of which you had one fall apart on your desk one day yeah yeah right? I, I didn't i didn't like it i didn't i mean it was okay for like a little while but i didn't i didn't really like the way that it that it like rocked back and forth or whatever and then one day the the and apparently this was very common having looked it up the usb port just kind of broke and there are videos online about how you could open it up and try and buy a new USB receptacle and solder mm -hmm. it. But I end up buying this, uh, this Bumblebee and I love the Bumblebee. Um, and I love it cause it's designed, it's designed to not look like, not look like a Yeti. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, which a lot, which a lot of things are designed to look like the Yeti because yeah. I guess they decided that that's a good, form factor for Mike where it's like on this little stand and it kind of rocks back and forth. But I don't like that. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm a, I don't, I'm a big fan of this whole line. Obviously there's still one sitting on my desk first gen. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't like the second gen as much because first of all, they tried to be more traditional look and then, you know, yeah. they, they went away from the bumblebee branding or whatever. Well, I mean, they want to make it black and yellow so much or whatever because i guess they thought it was too i don't know polarizing or whatever but whatever anyway so 
And I think they stopped coming with the characters. Yeah, because they, they, they didn't think it was cool anymore. They don't, they don't want to be cool anymore. That's I think that happens a lot when you get bought. You 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 know not, you don't have to be cool anymore. Yeah. Um, Neat, Neat is now under its fourth ownership since it was founded. Is it Turtle Beach or something? It's Turtle uh, Beach now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was originally so. Gibson. When, when they were making this and this and all the, like, cool stuff, it was Gibson, the right. guitar company that makes, you know, green wooden guitars and, you know, the Les Paul series. and yeah. They know how to be cool. Yeah. Cool stuff. And Turtle Beach was exactly. like, we're going to go with understated. All right. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> yep. So anyway, to make a long story short, yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel like anyone's going to miss those brands too much. I don't think that it's poison exactly because the the you know the the Logitech G brand is a strong brand. It's not like yeah. they're trying to uh, hook it to a brand that is uh, you know yeah that is disreputable. It's true. It's the the only one that I feel. So, so Mevo, I feel a personal <laughs> connection to, and I hope that we don't lose that name. Um, but uh, the one that I worry about is Astro, because like right now, Astro has its own website. It has its own identity. Um, and if I, if I remember correctly, if you go to um, the website right now, I don't even think... If you look, you'll find a Logitech logo on the site like you will for Mevo. Um, yeah, certainly not on the homepage. Somewhere you might be able to find it, but nowhere on the homepage do you see do you see a Logitech logo. You do on the Mevo site right away. Um, and I think blue as well. <clears throat> so I worry that that one might get diluted. <clears throat> not that I worry about the quality of the product changing because Logitech's been designing and producing the Astro products since 2017. So, you know, I'm not worried about the quality of the product changing. I'm just worried that maybe the brand itself might get diluted if from people who don't know already that it's Logitech. But I imagine Logitech has a better history with with maintaining their brands and dealing with this type of thing than say HP for sure. Cause I'm pretty sure everybody's got a better history than HP. Um, except maybe Facebook. Uh, <clears throat> but, um, I, yeah, I assume they've put in the research. They've decided that the risk is worth taking, but Astro worries me a little bit, but not enough that I think it's going to go anywhere. So, we will see. Uh, it looks like July 7th is the magic day that stuff starts to happen. I know all of the social channels are going to collapse in on the Logitech G brand that day. So if you're following Logitech for creators or possibly Mevo, I don't know, uh, Astro, uh, Blue, all of those are going to collapse in on the uh, Logitech G social media channels on, I think, July 7th. And then I imagine we'll start seeing the websites redirect and things like that. Uh, shortly after but you know there's a lot of history in these brands hopefully they don't get screwed up in this move 
Fingers crossed. This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. You can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. I really like that new music. I feel like we're back to the old days with like headbanging music for the Pilch Point. Uh, anyway, um, we've got some more AI stuff going on this week, right, Abram? You are muted, friend. Sorry, I don't know where this. Yes, I'm going to do some headbanging. This story is going to make me want to do some headbanging, but not the good kind. Yeah. The story of the banging into the wall kind. Uh, yeah. So, well, let's start with some good news just for the heck of it. The good news is that you may, I think I may have mentioned, I probably mentioned a few weeks ago that, uh, runway and that, uh, runway gen two is a like absolutely fantastic, uh, video to, uh, text to video. AI and it was in private beta, but good news, it is no longer in private beta. Anybody can get it, although you have a limited number of like a minute worth of video you can make out of four second videos. So, you know, just to get things on a nice mode. Uh, and we have a story about this in Tom's hardware. Uh, if you go to runwayml.com and you sign up for a free account, uh, you can generate a video, uh, so we did this, uh, I think we've done this once before, but the, but the uh, UI is slightly different because uh, now it's web-based instead of going through Discord. Uh, now that's available to everyone. So, uh, and you can upload pictures. So here, I'm gonna take this picture of me to add to my prompt. Now, let's see, shall I ask it to see me doing something? Uh, what, what should I say? This guy banging his head against a wall. I was going to say something very okay. similar, so that works out well. Okay. So I hit generate. Because uh, um, I'm not on a paid account, I might have to wait a minute. And then it's going to queue up, and you can actually, uh, unlike what we saw with Discord, where it just kind of comes back to you eventually, here you can actually see the progress rate. Uh, so while we're waiting for, so let's leave this for a moment and talk about our main topic uh, for today, which is that uh, Google's uh, SGE, Search Generative Experience, uh, is showing itself to be an existential threat to the free and open internet. And because not only is it, uh, you know, basically trying to get rid of regular search, but it's also uh, a massive plagiarism engine. So I don't know if I've actually shown SGE on the air before on, on this show. Have I? I don't think or so. I've shown Bard 
probably, yeah. but I don't think I showed SG. So let's let's talk a minute about uh, SGE. So uh, SGE means search generative experience. And uh, if uh, you are signed up uh, for the beta, which you can sign up and you may or may not get in right away, but I'm in. Um, and all of your searches will be like this. So uh, I, let me uh, do a search that will, most searches will pull up the, uh, will pull up the, the, the AI. So I'll do best CPU. So at first you'll see regular search, but then you see this generating thing. And it's a bit, and it can be quite slow, but you know, I can assume that Google will get a faster computer. So you see what just happened? The search results are gone uh, once it's loaded. I mean, I don't mean they're gone. I mean, you've got to scroll down about, you know, but a lot that's of people a, are not going to do, that's a do full, that. That's a full screen worth of Google takeover. Right. Correct. Correct. That's why I say they're killing search because, you know, it's the entire, I mean, depending on what you do, it may or may not take up the entire screen. Uh, but uh, a lot of the time it takes up the entire screen. Um, and this, by the way, is a 4K monitor <laughs> that you're looking at it on. Right. Uh, uh, although it is at like 175% scaling, so I don't know. It's like I measured this the other day, and it was like 1,360 pixels to the first result, and that's without and that's without having an a uh, advertisement here, which you would expect that there would be. So anyway, so I searched for best CPU. And rather than giving you links to best CPU from Tom's Hardware, which is the number one result otherwise, it gives you Google's choices of best CPU, uh, and which are not necessarily good. Um, so first of all, this advice is very generic, right? Like performance, get good number of cores, whatever. Uh, and then you have these, which are shopping links. Uh, and this is interesting. It usually actually gives you a model number, but here it just says AMD Ryzen processor. Thanks a lot. For those who are even teeniest bit familiar with CPUs, they know that Ryzen is an entire line of processors of which there are dozens of models. Uh, so I'll click here and, you know, Google's going to get me to go and spend money, but no credit to wherever they just, whosoever's work they looked at to, to decide this information. And their related link, so they do have two, their their defense, Google's defense, is, look, we have three related links here, which they don't always have. Uh, but the related links are not necessarily too good to reputable websites. Uh, so this here is, what is the name of this site? Mosh, Make Tech Easier. Oh, that site, everyone knows Make Tech Easier. How about when you're searching for best CPU, of course you want MacPaw. How to choose the best processor for your MacBook. Or how to choose processor speed from small business, smallbusiness.cron.com. Yeah, don't, why, why should we give people like Tom's Hardware or even one of our competitors like PC Mag or PC World, send them to, to smallbusinesscron.com for their CPU advice. So. These are poor quality links, um, but in a lot, but in a lot of cases, what's even worse is that. Why well, if it's worse? Uh, what's real also really bad is that this stuff is copied word for word. So, um, so let uh, so 
if you click this button here, you can expand and you can sort of see these. I don't consider this to be a citation. A citation is direct quotes or a footnote or something. But here you can sort of see uh, like you can sort of see where they took the information from. Um, so let's let's take a look at a maybe a better one that I've already tracked back to where everything comes from. So uh, here's a graphic where I actually circled everything. So I did a search for ThinkPad X13 AMD review, uh, and I went and drew out how each how it had taken different pieces, sometimes word for word, or sometimes changing a couple words to write its own little mini review here. So, for example, uh, Laptop Mag has a section where it says the keyboard is as fantastic as ever. There are plenty of ports in the chassis tested to military grade durability, and it says here. It has a comfortable keyboard, military-grade durability, and plenty of ports, right? Um, in another section, we said comfortable keyboard. They put comfortable keyboard. We said some site called Laptop Outlet, which is which sells laptops, uh, says that it is, uh, quote, packed with high-performing AMD's Ryzen 7 Pro. So what did they change it to? The ThinkPad X15 has an AMD Ryzen 7 Pro chipset. And so the best and cheapest laptops out there, you see that it used the exact same words, best and cheapest laptops out there, right? Um, the, uh, the other thing that was interesting is notebook check. This is a very odd little thing that, you know, they took the notebook check, said that the screen shows good response rates are test, but maybe too slow for competitive gamers, which, you know, nobody's going to buy a ThinkPad X13 uh, to be a competitive gamer. But... For some reason, Google picked up on that and put not too not great for competitive gamers, maybe too slow for competitive gamers. Um, the other thing is that these uh, there's there's a couple other things wrong in this example. Uh, one is that um, one is that these are not all reviews of the same product. So uh, it says here, think there's it, the the laptop is up to Gen three now, which is the latest version. When I Googled it, I said ThinkPad X13 AMD review. Now, it doesn't know that I meant the latest one, but it's probably good to give people the latest one. The reviews here from Laptop Mag and Tom's Hardware were for Gen 1 and Gen 2. So it's taking information from the wrong pro review of the wrong product. The other thing is it's in inconsistent within itself. So uh, these reviews said this has short battery life. Uh, as the battery life is really short. But here, they say it has long battery life. I guess they took that part from someplace else. So it's taking bits and pieces and, and throwing them together into a plagiarism stew that doesn't quite uh, you know, add up. Now, you might say, why did you use a screenshot not to show me this? I can show you, but the thing is that the results aren't identical every time. So here, I actually went through and mapped it. Uh, but here's one I just did. Uh, just did Dell XPS 13. So uh, notice I searched for Dell XPS 13. It's giving me, now good news here is in this case, it's not taking up the entire screen, um, but it's it's giving me its own also little review. Uh, and I can sort of see where it took stuff from. And one thing that's interesting is it says 3.5K OLED screen and a sleek opulent style. Well, sleek, opulent style is a very specific wording, don't you think? So, yes. you know, yes. So here it is. Ozbot, I've never heard of them, 
says that the Dell XPS 13 has a sleek opulence style. So, you know, wait, the, it thinks that the, is pe a sleek the people who make the cameras. I don't know who they are. Who is Ozbot? I don't even know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who's I the guess people who make the cameras. Why do they, they even have a page on this topic? Who knows? I, I, I honestly don't like work. I recognize. I recognized the logo immediately because we had them on the show this year, I think. Or Todd Why interviewed them at the on, in their booth. Why did way. they do this? Um, Content marketing. I, I, yes, right. Okay, so so that's another re that. So what you point out is actually an interesting thing, right? So Google is not for you know now. Maybe it'll get better at this. I won't say that this is you know. Google is not being very discerning about the quality or ob objectivity of the sites that it is uh, taking from, right? Uh, it is not taking from the sites that the Google organic SERP thinks are the most relevant. Like, you know, if I look here, uh, The Verge, well, these are Amazon or whatever, because I didn't put reviews, so whatever. But CNET, Digital Trends, whatever, all have Dell XPS 13 stuff, and they're all reputable reputable journalism websites. Forbes, you could say, okay, is a reputable journalism website, The Verge, but content marketing also got sucked up in there, right? Um, so they're not, you know, they're not doing what Google search normally does, which is to say, okay, we're going to look at the reputation of this website and see if it is a, you know, a site that has domain authority on this topic or the author has authority on this topic. They're just grabbing stuff from everywhere and throwing it all together, mixing it all together. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, that's not a recipe for a good result. Um, you know, and sometimes it's a little bit more apparent than others. So like, here's how to boil an egg, right? So Google has, if for folks who are familiar with how Google works, in normal search, they have something called a featured snippet, which is like, they kind of take a quote from an article and they put it in like the top result and they link to it. Now, this obviously hasn't been great for, may or may not have been great for traffic for uh, for the uh, website involved, but you know, at least it cites them directly and there's a good chance that people will click through to see more. What they're doing here is they're not citing it. They're using it as a related link. So, so here you can see almost word for word. Place eggs in a medium pot, place eggs in a medium pot and cover with cold water by one inch. It's word for word, right? Word, word for word taken from this, but not attributed. These are not, I don't consider these to be attributions, right? Um, so, so that's, you know, part of what's going on is that they're taking stuff, sometimes very often word from word, smattering it together and calling it their own. Um, and putting these sort of links off to the side that you that you know may may not even be high quality, may or may not be related to what probably are related to what's here, but may not necessarily be the best thing. Um, and they're taking in some cases they're taking up either half of or the entire screen. Uh, and in some cases they don't give you related links at all. So like here's screenshot in Windows, right? Uh, no related links here whatsoever. Um, and 
this came from somewhere. Um, somebody wrote this. Maybe it was Microsoft, whatever. Um, you know, and part of the, and so I think there's a few different problems that are happening together. One is obviously plagiarism. They're taking, I mean, I don't know. Some people are saying, oh, it's okay because they've related links or if they change two or three words, it's not plagiarism. I would think of this as plagiarism. But plagiarism is not a legal definition. Plagiarism is an academic definition and it's somewhat of a moral definition, but it's not a legal definition. The legal issue is copyright infringement. And, you know, that has yet to be litigated in court, but I think there's a decent chance that it that it will be. Um, the uh, News and Media Alliance, uh, which uh, represents uh, newspapers and magazines, uh, has said, and I quote, the unlicensed use of content created by our companies and journalists by GAI systems is an intellectual property infringement. GAI systems are using proprietary content without permission. And that's what's happening here. No, I guarantee you that nobody, certainly not us, gave Google permission to do this to our content. Um, so they're taking content, uh, you know, they may get better at rewarding it so it's harder to, tr to track back to the source, but they're taking content and they are, uh, they're taking content and they are using it to create a, a situation where there may be no clicks going back to uh, the people who actually did the writing, and there may not even be any credit going back to them. Um, well, that is very bad news for the internet because um, if you, if that is what the internet is going to become, then you end up with a bad advice because uh, because it's a smattering of junk. B, it's bad advice because nobody's standing behind it, right? Whose review is, who? whose advice is this? Whose? Whose advice is this? Is this? It's not Tom's Hardware's. It's not laptops. It's not laptop outlets. It's the bots copied from them. And the bot isn't even consistent with itself. But let's say that it was. The bot is the authority here when something bad happens as a result of your following the bot's advice, who is responsible? For example here, Google's not always saying that it doesn't want to mess with what they call YMYL, your money or your life uh, queries, but this is your money or your life query, and they were more than happy to answer it incorrectly. So I asked it, um, should I get a colonoscopy? Um, the current, uh, for those who are not up in the colonoscopy scene, um, it is now, it has been recommended for like the last three years or so that anyone over age 45 uh, get a colonoscopy as part of just routine, uh, routine screening. Uh, but here they have conflicting information that's wrong. It says the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force recommends adults age 45 to 75 be screened. Uh, and then it says the American Cancer Society recommends that men and women should be screened for colorectal cancer starting at age 50. That is actually not correct. 
the American Cancer Society's webpage says 45. So it's got outdated information that it probably grabbed from one of these, um, from one of these sites. Um, by the way, uh, one of these sites here, the top one is a health insurance site, not, you know, I mean, the Centers for Disease Control is on there also, but Health Partners is a, is a health insurer site. Is that where you should be presenting health, health information from, the insurer's site over, you know, American Medical Association or the CDC or whatever, like re reputable governmental and industry groups? Um, you know, and here it also has, you know, confusing information because it says the reason say have a colonoscopy include all these symptoms when actually you're supposed to have a colonoscopy as a regular screening. Uh, so anyway, I know Google could make a better AI and improve this and not do this, but this is dangerous. And yeah, okay, maybe they'll stop doing some health ones when they realize that this is, is dangerous. I tried to do this uh, query like five minutes ago and it it did it for this time it didn't actually give me an answer uh, like it did like yesterday the day before but it you know i would consider giving you bad advice about what cpu to buy also a your money or your life question i mean it's not life and death but it is your money um and it is advice so we are asking we are asking for google is asking folks to just just to forget about expert humans who have experience and just trust their bot. Don't, don't worry about what the humans say. Don't look for someone who has, you know, years of experience or who actually performed the thing that, you know, we actually tested in CPUs. We actually tried the laptops. Google's bot, no matter how advanced it gets, will never be able to do that ever because it's an LLM. It does not have arms and legs. Uh, so, you know, what Google is doing here is an anti-competitive practice. It is doing something that is likely, if they were to roll it out to the public, to result in massive economic turmoil to anyone who publishes anything on the internet. Massive. Because, um, you know, if you see how far you have to scroll to get to the first organic search link, um, even though the quality of the answers is not good, and even if they got better, they would have they would not have the authority of a person standing behind them to say, "Oh, I trust that person. I trust that news outlet, or I don't trust that news outlet." So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get my laptop advice from a webcam uh, website. Right. Um, but uh, by trying to kind of obscure uh, where it's getting the information from without directly quoting it, uh, by trying to kind of push down uh, human expertise in favor of its bot, uh, Google is providing a poor experience, but a lot of people are just going to accept it because Google controls 91% of the search market. The end result is going to be a lot of companies uh, losing a ton of traffic and revenue overnight, uh, places going behind paywalls, places going out of business. If Google rolled this out tomorrow, I bet that like a very significant portion of web publishers who rely, who 
are, do not already uh, make a lot of their money from subscription revenue uh, will be, you know, will fold, would fold within, you know, probably within a few months. Um, that's how significant. Now that says some bad things about how dependent uh, the internet economy is on Google playing fair. Uh, and this is anything but playing fair. It's taking uh, your own content and using it to prevent people from visiting your website. Uh, and uh, Google's response to all this, of course, is, oh, we're just experimenting. It's okay. It's fine. We don't know if we'll roll it out like this. Uh, but Bing uh, launched its experiment in January, I believe. And, uh, you know, it's now live, right, for everyone. Now, Bing's, Bing yeah. handles this much better. I'm looking at my uh, looking at it my Windows 11 taskbar. Right. Now, to be fair, Bing by the way, Bing does this the right way. I mean, I don't know if they do it a great way, but they do it a much better way. So, you know, on Bing, uh just I'll show real quick on Bing, like if you're on Bing, first of all, it's not generally not the default option, right? So if I if I'm here in Bing and I do best CPU, it's going to give me, no, we don't come out number one, which is bad, but they have a legit number one, which is PC Mag, right? So um, so Bing gives you the search results and then you have to, I scrolled up to get, like I had to scroll up to get this, right? So I scrolled up or I hit chat. And then when it gives me answers, it says Tom's Hardware recommends they also recommend, and like it, it, these are citations with links. So I had, you know, I've had kind of an ongoing little friendly or not so, you know, debate with some folks I know who are professional uh, SEO folks who feel that, I, you know, some of these articles I've written about Google are unfair to Google. They're, they're experimenting, give them a, give them a break. Um, uh, I mean, I really hope that they're just uh, playing around, but um, but Bing, from the moment that they launched, from the moment they launched their testing, had citations, uh, put things side by side with search. Bing, um, Bing, from the start, has you know at least taken uh, publishers into account, taken search into account, and not tried to present its it's bot as all seeing and all knowing uh, while plagiarizing from people. Uh, so Google could have done the same thing. And it has, people have complained about its lack of proper citations back to when they had Bard, uh, back to, I mean, they still have Bard, but back to when, before Bard launched. Uh, so Google clearly has a philosophy, which is expressed in some of their uh, documentation that their bot doesn't copy things, their bot, creates and so it would break the illusion that their bot was smart was so smart if it was if it actually did what uh bing does and you know have footnotes and sources so um so i don't think that it's too soon to to raise the alarm that what google is doing here could be uh, deadly for the internet um also bing can bing for better or worse controls maybe three percent of search so even if bing was not uh was not was doing things the way that google is doing it it wouldn't be as big an area of concern 
because it's, it, you know, any traffic they get, it's sort of iterative. But, you know, Google is abusing its, with if Google rolls this out, it's abusing its monopoly position. It's turning itself into the publisher instead of being a search engine, it will be a plagiarism engine. And, and that is very frightening and it should frighten everybody, not just those of us who make a living from people coming to visit our websites. Uh, it should frighten those of you who care about having, uh, care about having websites out there for you to visit. And frankly, I even think folks who contribute to the internet for free would be put off by this. Like if you're going to, if you're running a free, you know, let's say you're just running a blog about a topic because the, you just like, you know, uh, providing content and getting feedback from people and maybe it's good for your reputation or whatever you're running a, you know, a little, little blog on the side, or you're, you know, go someone who goes and contributes to a lot of forums or you're answering a lot of people's questions on stack overflow. Like why would you do it if all you're doing is feeding Google stuff that can be used to by its bot with no trade, no uh, credit for you, and and no nobody even sees the work that you've done. Yeah. Um, just be, because I w I want to show this off. I as you were talking, I was testing things on Bing because um, I knew there was another UI experience that I had encountered, and so I kept going until I got it. So. What I did was I searched for what is the best CPU for gaming, and you can see I got the Bing chatbot to come up with, oh, you can't see my mouse, to come up with content um, showing, uh, showing an answer. So it did take over where search results should be, right, pushing them down, but they did it in a very small box that you can expand larger. And as you said, there are learn more links. Interestingly, one of them is seemingly self-referential, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying they're doing this perfectly. Uh, they could certainly be doing better, but like, yeah, it's, it's showing you that. And more importantly, what it's really saying is, hey, I'm not the resource here, like I'm just yeah. summarizing what's out there. Now go. Now you can go read. Like yeah, because here that I think is a, according to PC yeah. Gamer, PC Games N N uh, Tom's Hardware. There you are, um, and they're all they're all like direct linked, right? This this right. is where we so, pulled this information from. It's like you said. It's not. It's not necessarily great is not the best situation but it's essentially an upgraded version of the answer box right it's right. giving an answer and giving the link to where it got the answer from that's an upgraded version of the answer box as far as i'm concerned it's very different from the version that you showed from google that was a whole screen wall of text and no references to be found yeah, I mean, unless you count those little thumbnails on the side, uh, which is what Google would say, right? Oh, look, you know, we but have did, these three little... But but on one of them, I thought the I thought there was one that didn't have any. Uh, yes, correct. 
the uh, screenshot in Windows. So it's yeah. not always there. It's not always there. Right. Um, and, and and it's not always there. It takes over a good chunk of, if not the whole page. So I mean, yes, the search links are still there. If you scroll down, they have the related links, which if they really were serious about providing, like this isn't, I think this is really what has to be emphasized to folks. This isn't about AI versus humans. This is about an, an anti-competitive practice by the world's, uh, by a, a virtual monopoly uh, mm-hmm. in Google. They control 91% of the search market. And while yes, people have choices and can go to Bing or DuckDuckGo um, for better or worse, Google, uh, and, and you know, they got there by providing a good experience. I've always been a big fan of Google actually. Like they provided a good experience. They beat, they beat the likes of, you know, Alta Vista and uh, Excite by providing you with a clean, fast experience that gave you good results. Yeah. But now that they have the 91%, this is indicative of, hey, we don't want to be a search engine anymore. We want people to stay on our site so we can keep all the ad dollars and all of the, you know, e-commerce dollars here on Google, which is more profitable. And, uh, you know, sorry, guys, we'll, we'll take, we're happy to take your data. Uh, but uh, as far as actually driving traffic back to you, well, we'll throw a couple of little links in the side and say, we say that we're, say that we're not killing the open web. Um, the, the, the thing, the question is, are, do people come to a search engine because they want to know what the search engine thinks? Or do people come to the search engine because they want to, they want to find something? And, yeah. um, and Google is betting on its own reputation. It's replacing a cacophony of infinite voices with its own voice, although its own voice is a, is a plagiarized voice. Uh, so I think this is of, of great concern. You know, I hope that like a lot of people who I've talked to say, oh, they can't possibly roll it out like this. Um, I hope they're right, but I'm not, you know, I'm not counting on, uh, I'm not counting on there being on, on it. I'm hoping that folks will, especially folks in the media industry, but other folks will see this and say like, Hey, this is, this is not good. This is not good for uh, a reader user experience. Uh, this is not good for the future of the internet. It sounds to me like that website that we, well, uh, uh, we registered a number of years ago as a new purpose coming the free web dot rocks. It might, it yeah. might be, it might be time to repurpose that from just ad blockers to, uh, anti-plagiarism. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, I know I'm the kill joy. Uh, I'm maybe I'm the, like the Lars Ulrich of internet content because like, you know, people, everybody loved Napster and then Lars Ulrich drummer Metallica was like, Hey, you guys are stealing our songs. And yeah. a lot of people are like, what a killjoy. I just want to download my free music. And I got some responses from, uh, I got some responses from, um, you know, today when I published this article from some people saying like, Oh no, I like the Google search generative experience. Cause I don't see as many ads. Uh, and, and if I click through to find things, I, I so if I click through an actual website, I'll see ads. Well, first of all, that's something that's going to change. Okay. 
Google is right now not serving up a lot of ads in the search generative experience because it's testing. But when it becomes, but believe you me, they they will absolutely be serving up. In fact, those three related links might not be editorial anymore uh, when this goes live. Maybe they maybe they will just be, you know, sponsored links. And um, technically, technically, the definition of ad, I based on the SEC. Those uh, those shopping links uh, from the the processor are technically ads because they're oh, affiliate yeah. links. Oh, I yeah, guarantee yeah. I it's mean, not that, disclosed. That's I mean that's a money. I mean Google has shopping links all the time. Uh, to be fair, right? They have mm-hmm. it now. Like if you don't have this, but uh, FYI, that's going to be like people will absolutely lose their jobs over that. I don't mean people at Google. Uh, I mean, people will absolutely lose their jobs over that because there's a lot of sites that are kind of reliant on giving buying advice, like this is the best CPU for you. And then when you go and you read that buying advice, you know, there's links and like, hey, you know, click this. You, if you click this, the, those sites uh, get a you know affiliate commission. Yeah. Well, Google is grabbing that affiliate commission for themselves while taking right. the advice that those sites gave and making it its own. So like that's uh you know that's very problematic um there was so... a huge there was a huge lawsuit between Yelp and Google over Google Places which doesn't exist anymore because of the lawsuit um over exactly this topic and Google lost in court that they right. were taking so... content from Yelp and claiming it as their own and putting their own banner over top it was considered plagiarism then I don't understand how this is considered anything else. I think the AI, I think this is where people are being fooled by the fact that this is AI. Forget that it's AI. Forget that there is a bot involved. Okay. You could hire a bunch of people for very cheap, probably to go and do the same thing with humans. Take a whole bunch of, of words and sentences from other people's websites and copy and paste them into a bunch of responses, right? You could hire a bunch of human plagiarists. This is just plagiarism at scale, right? Like that's what it is. It's not, now we could argue, and I think there's a really good philosophical argument about whether any type of uh, answer from an AI would be would be plagiarism because the AI's never done anything that it's it's talked about it has no life experience it's done nothing so it's going to get that data from somewhere the only way that the only right now because it's in beta one thing that they'll probably do a much better job of in the future is laundering the plagiarism like right now it's very easy to trace back where each sentence came from or where certain words came from yeah, I bet you that they can figure out a way in the future to not use the word opulent, right? Like, oh, yeah, they said opulent. Let's find another word for that, right? Like, that's easy enough Easy enough to do with technology would be to make this it less obvious where they got their, where they took it from. But make no mistake, they have to have taken it from somewhere because the bot did not go and work at a computer when website for years of its life the bot did not go and become a cook and learn how to boil eggs the 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 bot is just taking information from somewhere and rewording it 
that is or or, or not even rewording it yeah. so i think you know I, I this is why i'm not such a big fan of a lot of these llms because all they're really doing is taking things that other people have said and rewording them now when you ask it what a bot i think is really good at uh if we care is um is you know making up weird creative stuff not finding facts or truth or offering advice but if you ask it to make like a shakespearean sonnet about flatulence you know it'll pop you one out in like 30 seconds and it might be funny like you know it, pop you if one you out. ask it that was that was a wonderful word <laughs> you know but uh but any but anyway like you know this kind of thing and this is i'll leave you this with this but since we didn't show it yet the bang in the wall this is what i got from my uh this guy bang his head in the wall let's see what it looks like well he's not really banging his head in the wall is he but does he look like me kind of uh <laughs> kind of um i love that i have a hat on in this but they assume that i'm bald i guess they know um you know now they're watching by the, the way but by, by the way i have no idea like runway i have no idea where their training data is coming from right like this isn't just a text problem i'm just a text person so it matters what matters to me but like i have no idea where this person's beard came from or whatever you know like is now i have to say unlike some other resources i've used where they just like it's clear that they took it from somewhere I, you know, without permission, I don't know where Runway got its training data. Maybe it paid for a whole light library of stuff. I, I don't know. But um, but uh, certainly like Getty is suing Stable Diffusion. Uh, and, and this week, I think, asked a London court to block Stable Diffusion from doing business in the UK. So, uh -huh. um, you know, I think, unfortunately, we're going to need more lawsuits like that uh, because... Uh, AI should not be uh, like it's great when you can use AI for natural language stuff. You can use it for for you know transcriptions. Lovely. There's so many great things you can do with AI. The problem is not AI. The problem is that AI is being used as a plagiarism tool. And intellectual property still matters whether it's being stolen by an AI or stolen by a human. So uh, that's my two cents. Anyway, you can read a lot more about this. Uh, on tomsharbury.com. Oh, <laughs> uh, just I—I I asked Bing to write that sonnet. By the way, it's. I mean, I—I, I, I mean, they're—they're they're really good. And I mean, like you know, when people use these things in a funny way, it's like, look, fine, it's—it's it's cute, right? Like I—I yeah. I, we talked about the pizza later. Uh, video and showed sure. it to, uh, a few weeks ago that was made with uh, runway ml mm -hmm. uh, right and they have a new one called uh, flat you less which is a commercial for a drug to help you not fart uh and it is absolutely <laughs> hysterical oh. um so so like yeah great that's a good use of ai i guess but like you know we have to be conscientious about the fact that Everything that these AIs are spitting out was at one in, somewhere in link in the chain was created by a human. Just point out that a Bing search for Flatuless brings up Tom's hardware as the top result. Yeah, I wrote an article about it because <laughs> yeah. I had to call attention. Like, 
read our article, but go watch the video about flatulence yeah. because it's hysterical. I do appreciate that your article is the first first result, though that I always enjoy. I have to, I have to, you know, if we can't rank for best CPU because Google's going to take that, we have to rank for flatulence. That has to be our. We have Fair to come enough. up number one for something. And and on that note, um, the first line of this sonnet is, "Oh, how the wind doth blow from out thy rear." <laughs> yeah. I'm going to include the entire sonnet in the summary of this episode. If you're uh, watching live, you'll have to wait until tonight. If you're not watching live, um, check the description in the video that you're watching right now <laughs> to read the sonnet that Bing came up with. Hilarious. Anyway, um, big topic, important topic. I always appreciate it, Avram. This is, this is a problem for all of us online and I'm like I have our website up and I'm thinking about how to rework it to include not just ad blockers but also um uh yep. generative AI and ad, ad blockers Bing I mean Google it seems so seems so quaint because at least with the people ran ad blockers they saw our work. I know like, at least you they wanted to see our work. At least you could count you know, their view as a stat. Yeah, at least they read our work. I mean, you know, listen, if 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 I had some kind of wealthy benefactor, you know, I'd be happy to run a website with no ads and just, you know, do this for the heck of it. But sure. Um, but but, you know, even if I had a wealthy benefactor, I wouldn't want to do something just to help Google come up with better answers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is going to be a problem. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if and or how Google decides they want to address this. Like you said, maybe they don't come out with it like this, but who knows, you know, trying to to bank on Google's largesse uh, is probably not the place to be. So we probably need to be prepared uh, for what is to come. As always, Avram, I appreciate the information and I look forward to what we talk about next. week's Extra Life on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by EXA. EXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. They've compiled the best elements of cutting-edge ENC tech, the latest in Bluetooth 5.0 and 7.1 surround, plus extra features into their headsets so everyone can enjoy a sensational gaming experience. And they've got headsets for Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Plus, they won't break the bank. Learn more about the headsets that are available and any current promotions by going to f5live.tv slash exa. So let's talk about what just happened. If you're, if you're watching uh, on YouTube as a member, you just missed the ad that played. But for everybody else, let's talk about that little bumper that just played. Um... We've been doing these bumpers for a decade, a decade and a half. 
possibly since the beginning, so potentially close to 17 years. We've done them pretty well unaltered um, in the last year or so, rather than my reading the same copy every week. We have uh, gone to a pre-recorded bumper to make things easier on me so I can uh, increase the quality of some of the visuals and things like that. But even when it wasn't, it was me just reading the same copy every week, sometimes forgetting a line or a word or choking or whatever. So it's a better experience for our viewers. There's a logo. It comes up. It shows who, who our partner is, our affiliate is. This week... Twitch announced some changes to their branded content guidelines that would have made what you just watched on Twitch against the rules. And in, in our case, it would have been against the rules for two different reasons. The updated branded content guidelines said that no partner logo could be more than 3% of the screen real estate um, for an overlay which works out to, I think, 56 by 31 pixels or something like that. It's it's a very small amount of screen. 58 by 32. Close enough. That's smaller than the F5 Live logo that's here in the corner or in the center as a bug just for filling some space. Right? Um, so 3%... Uh, real estate, so certainly not the big logo that was sitting here uh, during the promo. And you can't use any pre-recorded content that involves a partner. So that whole bump would have been shot. There's a lot more to it. No pre-roll, mid-roll, post-roll uh, content. No banners uh, with partner content. All you could do is have a product, which we have had <laughs> over the years, right? It's, this microphone came from Skipper himself. Um, I used to wear monster headphones in the store and in, in the shot all the time. The lights on the walls are from from monster. That was okay, although we never really talk about not an official relationship here. Um, or you could have some logoing in your real space behind you. So if you wanted to have a, to go back to Logitech from earlier, Logitech G, you could have some products from Logitech in the background or the HoloLens theoretically here, right? You could, But you could have logos and stuff in the background, but you couldn't have any overlays more than 3% of the screen you couldn't have any pre-recorded content. Now, the creator community went crazy. For good reason. We're nobody when it comes to Twitch. <laughs> and we know that. We do this show live because it's easier on us and it's a bonus that people watch and listen and, uh, and chat with us. But recording this thing live is easier for both of us. Which is why we've done it this way for 17 years with or without listeners or viewers, uh, certainly in the early days. Um, the grand scheme of things, we're not ninja, <laughs> right? Right. We're far from right. it. Um, but people like ninja, people like uh, avoiding the puddles and people like that have partners. They have sponsors. 
some of them, like Ninja is a great example, have brand deals that involve pre, mid, and post-roll video. Putting logos in their starting soon video, which we don't have. We don't have any logos in our starting soon, but we could. But we couldn't under these Twitch, these new Twitch rules that came out, I believe, on Tuesday. Um, and I mean, the community went nuts. Creators were tweeting at Twitch saying, y'all need to fix this or we're out. Because you know who doesn't have these rules? YouTube, Facebook, Vimeo, Rumble. Nobody else has these rules about uh, in-video streaming. So y'all need to fix this or we're out. Because we have contracts that last months, sometimes years, that say we have to run this, 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 this. And if we can't on your platform, we've got to go somewhere else. Not to Mixer, since Microsoft got rid of that. This would have been the time for them to have it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so so Twitch heard the community, very quickly went into panic mode, and erased that clause. All of the restrictions on when, where, and how were pulled from the branded content guidelines. In the end, the only new addition that was put in, that was retained, is about the brand partner tool, brand compliance tool, something like that. Um, basically, you just have to say that we ha I have branded content in my video. Same that we do on YouTube. Um, I'm actually surprised it's taken this long. You know, I have to check a box when we're publishing to YouTube, including for the live show, I have to check a box that says there's branded content um, in the thing. And then when you start the video, there's a little thing that comes up in the top right corner that says this video contains paid content or paid promotion or something like that. And the same thing's going to happen on our channels. The same thing's going to happen on our videos on Twitch, which is fine. I am fine with the idea of a written thing that says we have partners. But the idea that they were going to say no to internal content, ooh, that was going to be a problem for them. So this, this is interesting and it feels like it relates back to my segment earlier about which, because it relates to like how much power does a particular platform have yeah. where it can, how much can it afford to anger uh, the people who are creating or, or contributing to it, yeah. right? Now, because Mixer went out of business, uh, I would kind of assume that Twitch probably does have more, have a fair amount of leverage, could put this into place, and, you know, it would really hurt those creators because it's not guaranteed that they're that i mean if you're ninja yeah but other others it's not guaranteed that your your audience would follow you true uh to another platform Nin uh, actually ninja is a great example they didn't he right. went from from an average viewership of like was it 350 before he left twitch to like 45 on mixer his audience didn't follow him. He was probably the the best known household name in in game streaming. And his audience didn't follow him. 
the only the only streamer I can think of, and I apologize, Twitch. Please don't take our channel down. The only <laughs> the only streamer that I can think of who left Twitch and went to another platform, and the audience followed and possibly grew on the other end was Doctor Disrespect, and that was because of the controversy that went around his leaving Twitch. Right. So it's not. I mean, there's not a great. I mean, I guess YouTube would be sort of the YouTube and Facebook would be where you would go if you want to leave Twitch. But YouTube, YouTube is where Doctor D went, right? But it's you know most people like if you you know you'd be starting over to go somewhere else. So yeah. you you know a lot. I think a lot of creators would have to think if they if Twitch did not back down. I think a lot of creators would have to ask like, okay can I no longer do this uh, through partner? You know, can I no longer uh, do this partner stuff? Therefore, yeah. I can't make money at this anymore. Therefore, I can't continue doing this, at least outside of it being a hobby. Right. So, I mean, I think, I, I mean, if you look at, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of feels a little, you know, like how many people can, how many publishers could say, I'm going... Like Google, Twitch needs creators. Mm -hmm. Google needs actually, you know, Google may not act like it, but it actually needs needs content. Like it yeah. needs people to publish quality content on the internet. So in theory, a whole bunch of websites could say, like, especially major publishers could get together and say, we're going to block, we're going to block Google, you yeah. know. But if they did, so much of their traffic comes from Google. That they would be hurting themselves so badly right. uh, that it would be really difficult. It would to... have to be, it would have to be a massive scale boycott, right? It couldn't just be a couple of sites. It would have to be all of the big guys. And when I say big guys, I mean everybody from uh, the Washington Post and New York Times down through us. Like, right. it would it would right. have to be yeah. a huge scale boycott for Google to feel any possible effect. But with Twitch, yeah, Twitch makes all of their money basically on the top hundred streamers. It would only require a portion of them to walk away, and Twitch would get kicked in the stomach hard and quick. So, so I guess that's, I guess that is where, you know, having, um, you know, they, at least they were responsive, right? Like mm -hmm. it didn't have to come, it didn't have to come to that. Right. Right. Like, but it, it I, looked like it was heading that direction because some of those top hundred were saying, I think this is the big one, boys. I think this is the one where we have to walk away. Right. And this has been and, this has been a week of gaming boycotts and boycott threats cuz Activision's under it right now too. And like we've seen I know it's it's a weird seemingly off topic thing, but we have seen boycotts accomplish some stuff one way or another over the last couple of months, right? We've seen real world physical product companies 
respond to to boycotts and boycott threats. I think Twitch felt that the the world has proven that they can get together and make a voice heard and they didn't want to be on the receiving end of that. This time it wasn't a political thing, it was a YMYL kind of a kind of a a threat. Um, but you know, I think, I think they didn't want to be on the, on the other end of that, especially when some of their top creators were the ones going, I think this is the big one. Well, they have really had no, the creators really had no choice, right? Like, yeah, you know, you have, you have no, you have no choice. And that's, you know, that was kind of my point about Google search as well. Like Mm -hmm. if you, if companies that rely on it to survive, you know, for their business are now going to get you know, 70 to 90% less traffic. Yeah. Uh, because, because their links are not vis- easily visible anymore. There they, that's an existential threat. And so these, these, uh, guy, these folks on, on Twitch, they were an existential threat. Right. Right. And, uh, thankfully it didn't, it didn't come, uh, it didn't come to that. Yeah. The irony being that the better option in this case would have been Google. <laughs> yeah yeah no 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 question uh you know i mean video is an area you know we don't need to get in the ai caught up in ai stuff again but video is an area where you can see that uh ai is you know not going to uh do a lot to displace um i don't know just like if you're a streamer if you're a quote you know a streamer I hate the word term content creator because I know I hate that term. But anyway, if you're a streamer, whatever, like it, there's AI can't really replace you, right? right? Like it, it, and it, it doesn't it matter. Can't, it can't. It doesn't matter if we're talking about Ninja or talking about us. We do an opinion show here, right? It's right, like... right. But but you can't you can't like that's not something that that like an, an AI can really replace. Right. I mean, today I can try, but uh, I mean, I guess the question is: Do you watch? Do people watch Ninja because they want to see someone playing a game? In which case, I guess you could have an AI go play through a game too. But like, uh, or do they? Or do they watch watch it because they want to see Ninja play a game? So they want to see they want to see Ninja play. And so one of the things we do we do uh, streaming coaching over at Strike, and one of the things that we tell people is that you don't have to be a great player. Ninja happens to be a great player. You don't have to be a great player to be a great streamer. Um, Because if you've got a personality, you can make it work. You can do really well playing okay or poorly and and have a personality, create a character. Dr. D is another great example, right? He's not the world's best player, but he's hilarious. And so people watch because this weird character that he created. Um, so you're not going to create that character with AI to play the game and be able to to interact with chat and make fun of the audience like some streamers do or you know what? Yeah, AI is not not going to be doing that. Right. That's a very right. specific so- and weird skill set. Right, right. So for those sort of weirds, you know, so if everybody in the future, 
But Andy Warhol say everyone will be famous for 15 minutes. Well, everyone mm-hmm. will everyone will need to be uh, an influencer. Those will be the jobs. Those will be the jobs that are left. Yeah. Influencer yeah. and streamer. And uh and prompt writer. <laughs> and prompt writer. <laughs> um so so yeah, I mean it's it's good that uh, Twitch was responsive. I hope yeah. that, you know, I, I I that's I that's why I think there's 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 power in people uh making their uh voices heard. Yeah. That's uh, why, uh, you know, in my segment, I was kind of ringing the, I'm elsewhere, I've been ringing the alarm about Google's uh, SGE because I, I hope that, you know, enough folks kind of make their, uh, you know, displeasure uh, about yeah. what, what Google is proposing uh, known and, and maybe uh, put some pressure on Google not to do this, just yeah. like people put pressure on uh, Twitch not to do, not to do this thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's streamers it, and it's viewers also, alike. Yes. All put yeah, exactly. On Twitch on this one, which was important. And so I, on the Google topic, I think it, it's important to do the same thing. It's got to be both the, the writers, the publishers and the readers that, that need to say, yeah, no. Right. Exactly. I mean, I, I think that's really, I think that's really key is that folks, you know, uh, make their voice, their voice heard. Agreed. Um, hopefully we won't see anything else like this pop up on Twitch. And I don't think we will, because I definitely think they've learned their lesson and hard. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop, plus it actively blocks threats like worms, rogues, dialers, trojans, spyware, and a whole lot more. It allows you to use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash Malwarebytes. I just realized that I should have been moving the Hollow Kid closer to the camera during every segment, but that's neither here nor there. Um, uh, so ever since Elon Musk announced his intention to purchase Twitter, things have been... Weird. Uh, seems like every time we turn around, something strange is happening uh, over there, uh, possibly um, in need of Ghostbusters or an Exorcist. But uh, whenever there's something strange going on like that, others try to come in and eat their lunch, right? It's always what happens. And in this, this case is no different. Um, Twitter has seen challenges from the likes of Mastodon and... Hive Social, um, which I actually have on my phone, though I haven't used it in ages except for when writing this. Um, These other services have mostly not caught on, at least not for mass adoption for a variety of reasons. Mastodon has suffered from the nature of its distributedness, um, making it a little difficult to create an account and get anything done on the platform. 
Um, Hive suffered from some quick programming laziness that turned out to be leaving some data uh, completely wide open on their platform. They shut down for a while, fixed things, came back. But as we know, uh, when a company hurts its image like that early on, um, you know, trust is broken. It's hard to get that back. So Hive has suffered there. Um, but now a company whose trust was broken long ago, but has managed to, uh, continue to soldier on is looking to get into the challenging Twitter space. And that is meta, um, through the Instagram team, there is a product under development, maybe, certainly under concept called Project 92. Um, that's the internal code name, though uh, what we're hearing is that the actual product is currently being called Threads, um, with the possibility of that being its launch name. It's somewhat of a Twitter clone. Um, it's intended for text-based short form social media posting. You know, what Twitter was was originally built on, though it is ex has expanded past its initial um, uh, concept. It looks very much like Instagram. Um, a screenshot from The Verge um, from a presentation internally shows... Um, if you were to remove the photo from an Instagram post, you've got you've got threads. Uh, like that's that's a hundred percent what it looks like. It's even using right now the same iconography. It's got the uh, the heart, the chat bubble, and the paper airplane for comment or uh, for like, comment, and share. Uh, the big difference is that there's also a, a refresh icon between um, between comment and share that obviously is intended to be a retweet type feature. Um, it's definitely an interesting concept. Facebook slash Meta slash Instagram doesn't really have to deal with the same thing that Hive dealt with in that... Um, you know, they don't really have the possibility of breaking people's trust early on. Because, again, they've already done that. The people who aren't going to use a meta product aren't using a meta product, and this isn't going to change that. And the people who are aren't worried about Cambridge Analytica and the likes. Um, and they're literally building it on the same protocol that Mastodon used, except... You don't have to worry about all the oddities of sign-up because you're just going to use an Instagram account. It's an interesting situation, for sure. Um, seems like if somebody could could challenge Twitter's place in the, the industry, it would be meta. Although, Reels have had absolutely, seemingly no effect on TikTok's dominance. So maybe, maybe they don't have it anymore? I mean, they, they did basically put Snapchat out to pasture with with stories on Facebook and Instagram. But I don't know. What do you think? Do you think do you think Meta could create a challenge here? Or 
Are they just out over their skis? No, I think they could because they already have an audience, right? They already have people using accounts. So all you would need to do is get um, people to use to spend less time on Twitter and more time on Instagram. Right. It would not be hard. In fact, I love this idea. I because I love this idea. I because I could use in other areas to promote my work, and I have never really thought about Instagram as an appropriate um, as an appropriate um, platform to promote uh, my work because I I don't know I think of Instagram as kind of like a photo site that is for people showing off I don't know how other people and yeah. I don't know modeling and their pets and stuff right. like that I don't think of it as a as a tech place and I don't think of it as like a serious news place the the fact um, that the fact that you can't put a link in a post you know so I yeah I kind of I I I never to be honest with you, I've used Instagram like three times in my life because I really don't don't think much of it as a platform for you know the kind of things that i want to share and read yeah. online but you know they've got a sizable audience mm -hmm. they certainly have the the capacity like they have the technology the server capacity that for meta uh twitter is twitter's got a lot of problems and there's nothing particularly special about twitter's um technology it's just it's just that a, a lot of people are using it and right and it's been hard to build an alternative that it's been hard to get people to switch and moss to an alternative but if you take something that a lot of people are already on and you say hey we're going to change this up so that it you know we're going to change this up you don't need a new membership um Although I don't even know if I have an Instagram account, but I would have one for this, right? Like, um, so I think, yeah, I think they're, I think they're going to, um, I think this is a good idea because Twitter, there's blood in the water. Like Twitter has got a lot yeah. of problems. They've got a lot of problems. I mean, yes, if you are hanging out and you're seeing tweets from your friends and other people you follow, you might think, oh, it's not so bad, but um the company is first of all have has technical problems because they got rid of a lot of the, the people who are handling that although it could be worse right um they uh, apparently the amount of like hate speech on the platform has jumped up dramatically the hate speech and abuse uh has, has jumped up dramatically uh since a lot of those safety folks were let go um it's and then you have the um the owner of the platform making him making the platform about him yeah like that's for sure like whether you agree with his views or not like this is not what a ceo should probably be doing on a social media company is making trying to make the the service about themselves yeah like, how, how often do we hear about facebook or anything from zuckerberg on facebook 
I can't recall ever. I don't know if I, anybody follows him on Facebook. I don't know if anybody I have, cares. I have one thing. One, I don't remember what it was, but I can think of one time. I think we even quoted it in an article. Like we linked to the post in an article. But one time in all these years has he said something that caught anybody's attention on the platform. Once. And yet Musk I, is out there, you know, firing shots in all directions, hoping to hit something and <laughs> making it all right. about him. It's right. It's now the fact that he's, he has stepped away as CEO and somebody else is taking over day to day, but that just gives him more time to be clickety clacking on his phone, which may not make it better. Which, which really proves that all the success of his companies was probably created by other people or had very little to do with him because he's all, what is he doing with, within his life? He's sitting around tweeting, tweeting his support for conspiracy theories or, 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 or whatever, like or shooting dolls into space. He's, he's not brand safe, right? Like <laughs> he would not fall under the branded content guidelines on Twitch. He he's not brands like if you like I think what most companies that run a platform like um like Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or or even or you know even a search engine like Google they don't want to be seen as as taking controversial positions they want no, Depends you don't on the controversial so. position, but yeah, I think for the most part, there are certain controversial I mean, they might positions do, that are popular. They might, they might do things that are controversial, but they that's don't. I don't sure. think they want to be seen as doing things like anytime they do something that's controversial, it's because very often it's because not doing it, like it's because not doing it would also be controversial, right? You, you that's true. You, you can't win. Like, Double edged you know, sword. If you block, you know, if you block a certain person or you don't block a certain person or whatever. Either way, there's controversy, right? Mm-hmm. But I think most most of these brands they want to they don't want to be seen as having a bias. They don't. They certainly don't want the focus to be on the executives of the company. They just want people I to use the that. platform, right? And and Elon Musk came in and decided that he was he was going to buy Twitter so that he could personally uh, elevate his own post. Like there's been stories yeah. about them having meetings talking about how can they make sure that more people see Elon Musk's post and tweak the algorithm just for him. Like yeah, I believe that. That's like he, this that's is a dude that, not a This business. is a dude that kicked kicked the front door of the the HQ open carrying a sink. I He's a weird dude. Right. We, so, I think we all expected. Now, most of us didn't expect the sale to go through, but I, <laughs> after it did, I think we all expected that this was going to be a wild ride, and it has been an unex, unpredictable, absolute wild ride every single day. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, just like, you know, Google's 
AI search. Um, there's no telling if this will actually come to market. It's they're they're in you know playing around with it mode. Um, I don't know that there's an actual working thing. Um, I think it's all like mock-ups and stuff for right now. Um, but I think I'm with you. I think I think there's blood in the water one one way or another. Again, love them or hate them, agree with them or not. I think there's blood in the water. Um, and I think there's space for somebody to come in. Um, there's a, I don't remember who it was. There's a big investor that said this week that Elon Musk is trying to make Twitter the next MySpace. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he it lost, didn't lose two thirds of its value or something? Something like, like that. It's poison now, to advertisers. Why would you advertise in, there? In fairness, it had lost two thirds of its value before he wrote the check, but that was a whole different. <laughs> well, it's lost even more value. He's certainly doing nothing to help it. Yeah. Uh, and and like it's not brand like it was never said that it was not brand safe. Like now it's not brand safe. Like you don't want to be on you don't want to be on Twitter if you're an advertiser. Depending on the advertiser, and, but yeah. I mean, and the ad, especially because you could end up next to you know next to hate speech or something like that. I mean, true. You you, you don't you don't want to be on there. But I mean, it's 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 all it's always been easy on Twitter to be next to hate speech. It just depends on who it's right. But the at. idea <laughs> the idea was the idea was that you know is that the platform should be trying to do have less of that right to because that's why user generated content unless has, their particular value unless their particular goal is to not be that which it sounded like that was the case but it didn't play out that way exactly right certain promises were made they didn't hold up it's been all it's been weird the whole thing has been weird, and and I think I think the market is uh, ripe for for somebody to come in and uh, and do some damage. This week's DRM not included in F5 Live refreshing technology is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. We all know that you get free shipping on millions of products with Amazon Prime, but you get a whole lot more. Like free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games and a free Twitch subscription to support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming, plus a whole lot more. We've got links to all of these features and some of our favorites, plus a 30-day free trial, all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. If you're not aware, uh, the long-rumored and then uh, formalized plan to crack down on password sharing on Netflix went into effect on May 23rd. Industry analysts were split on the move. Some thought that it was a brilliant move that was going to generate more revenue for Netflix. 
Others thought that it might be the thing that that finally takes down the behemoth. As it turns out, maybe the first group was right. Um, in the week following <clears throat> the password crackdown implementation on May 23rd, the company has seen its largest, its four largest uh, customer growth days in over four and a half years um, with May 26th and 27th each having more than 100,000 new signups in the U.S. alone, um, meaning that they have seen more than 200,000 new subscribers join. We do not know how many people uh, went negative on that, so we don't know what the, what the balance is. <clears throat> but it's the, it's the two, certainly the two largest uh, new user sign-up days in, in nearly half a decade, which is a, which is a big deal, um, it definitely means that people wanted to stay with the service and they were willing to to swap to their own accounts apparently in in a pretty big pretty big numbers um, we're still dealing with with subscription fatigue for a lot of people but it seems like Netflix is still able to keep fighting that and bucking that trend Avram yeah yeah I mean, they, they are. It's so, I mean, I feel like this comes back to some of our other segments, right? About like, you know, the, I think we were talking before about Napster, right? And mm-hmm. how like at one point everybody was downloading uh, songs. Well, I won't say everybody, but a lot of people were downloading songs for pirated songs for free. Yeah. And I remember some of the arguments that people had against cracking down on that uh you know for you know when when some folks came along with metallica but also the raa came along and were like hey listen you guys can't do this anymore people have to pay for this and there was all this talk about well people are just going to walk away they're not going to they're not going to pay for it blah 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 i wouldn't have listened to that anyway so therefore i it's therefore my piracy doesn't matter because i wouldn't (laughs) i wouldn't have watched it paid for it anyway right I mean, that's yeah. right. I mean, we, I, I heard those arguments all the time, like, you know, and yet all the time when, and yet when Napster itself and Spotify and, uh, and, you know, and others came along and were like, Hey, we're making this a paid system now. Amazingly, people were willing to pay. Now, yep. the fact that they could get it for free that da- I think damaged the, the value prop. I mean, damage the amount that people were paying because now you're paying like ten dollars a month, and you can listen to like every piece of music ever recorded. Whereas, whereas before Napster, you were paying like sixteen dollars for an album with ten songs on it, only one of which you liked. So, you know, it would. um, So it definitely swung. But at the same time, you had uh, you had Apple and a couple of other services that were selling songs solo at 99 cents. Right. Um, right. And, and they were doing, they were doing business there versus CD right. sales, but not certainly not at the rate of, of download. And I think those two things together came and middle grounded into things like Spotify and, and, uh, 
what else was there early in the subscriptions. Nap the Napster streaming service, the Zune streaming service, the uh, Beats right. Music, some of the early ones, Pandora. Right, right. But you you got to a point now where it's like, oh, you know, you could get pretty much everything yeah. for a very low price. Uh, but I guess the message I'm trying to say is like, people didn't walk away from music because they could no longer get it for free. Right. People are not going to walk away. A lot of people are not going to walk away from Netflix because they can no longer uh, pass password share. Right. They're going to be annoyed uh, that they can't do it. Uh, I get it. But like, you know, and I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of people uh, quitting in disgust. Right. Like, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people like, I can't share this password anymore. So I just, I just unsubscribe. Flip I think table, it's probably away. more. I, I feel like it's more likely that the people who had the account are now going to be, first of all, I think there's some kind of thing where you can pay extra to share your password. So, yeah. so For did location. they reveal that or did they reveal that or was it just, um, just how many they got from that? So, so this isn't from Netflix. Uh, these numbers are coming to us care of um, Antenna, which is um, a statistics and data uh, system. And they've been tracking uh, Netflix uh, signups and stuff for, um, well, at least certainly over five years because we've got, <laughs> we've got data going back that far. Yeah, so... Um, I mean, yeah, so I think there's probably a fair number of people who are like, look, this co-location thing isn't going to work for me anyway. I'm just going to, I'm just going to bite the bullet and sign up for, for Netflix on my own. I doubt that, I doubt that there's too many people who are like, oh, I'm just quitting in disgust and neither of us will use this password anymore. Right. It's, so, I, I mean, I think. I think more, I mean, I think people knew they were kind of getting away with something and they were annoyed that they couldn't get away with it anymore. I yeah. get it, but you know, like you knew you were getting away with something. So, okay. You know, it, 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 it is what it is. I mean, I, so yeah, I, 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 I can see how that would grow their subscription. Now I think the writer strike that may, that may have an impact on people Everybody. suspending subscriptions uh, and, and things like that. I mean, I agree. So. Interestingly, I have a feeling that the writer's strike is going to do wonders for Hulu and Peacock because people are going to go back to their old favorites from the past. Uh, the Office, Thirty Rock, Parks and Rec—you know these these shows that people watch over and over. I'm one of them. I get it. Um, I have a f- <laughs> they're they're background noise for me most of the time. Um, I've got I've got like six or seven shows that are good background noise when I'm working. There's just sound that keeps the dog from barking and things like that um, that I'm not actually paying attention to because I can recite you all the lines of every episode of Futurama, at least for the next couple of weeks. Um, uh, so I have a feeling that Hulu and Peacock are actually going to see 
an uptick from the writer's strike and everybody else who relies on a stronger showing of new content is going to suffer from it. it that's I've been yeah, which I've my, been wondering how that was going to go for a little while, and that's that's which, my current feeling. Which might be Netflix, right? Which might be Netflix that gets that suffers under yeah. under this type of regime. Netflix. Netflix and Max are the two that I'm thinking are going to take the biggest hit. You know. Um, now speaking of stuff like that. Uh, I saw Dungeons and, the Dungeons and Dragons movie last week mm-hmm. on Paramount Plus, uh-huh. and it is awesome, and everyone should see it. It really is. You know, it is. Uh, so, I was that's I was pleasantly shocked. <laughs> it was really, really good. It made me like. It made me and my son start looking for a game we could join. Like, uh, so. We're going to start one at strike partially because of the movie. Yeah. So, you know, mission, mission accomplished. They did a great job, but, um, so, but you know, like Paramount plus is really not a bad example also of a, of a service that people could use uh, during for old and new for old and new. Uh, I mean, another thing, uh, is I wonder now Netflix also though has a lot of, uh, foreign uh, shows foreign language shows and far and outside of the u.s productions and i bet those are not affected by the writer's strike so true so there is that right yeah it comes down to when things are translated and dubbed how is that done and are those people also going to be striking in in uh, solidarity (laughs) You mean do the people who write the subtitles, or or when they're dubbed, because a oh, lot of times the don't... dubbing is done so that the the English words mostly match with the lips in a in a yeah. way that is sometimes fascinating. Don't don't I I, I I can't abide that. Don't listen, folks. Don't listen to dubbing. It's not their real voice. I can't have that. Now. Mind, mind you, Isaac, my son Isaac was having this, and I were having this conversation because he doesn't really know about, like, he doesn't know much about dubbing and the fact that they have actors who do it. And mm-hmm. he said something like, maybe AI can can just do voices for people and can just do voices for people and then they can use AI image generation to make it look like the mouths were moving uh, the right way. Oh, and I said, I wouldn't can. be surprised oh. if that I wouldn't be surprised if that happens soon. If not already, <laughs> you know, because I mean, part of the that. part of the one of the things that Google, that uh, Nvidia showed, right, was that they have uh, a thing for games that will do that with game characters. But you yeah. know, moving a game character's mouth is different than trying to recreate the mouth of a real person that's already been recorded. So. I don't know. I've had I've had some stuff for a couple of years that'll take a still photo and allow you to have the mouth move in unison with the with a voice put underneath it, and it's done it pretty reliably off of a still image. So it's it's all about being able to map the the mouth points and stuff. It's surprisingly easy to do. The mani- the manipulation okay. is really impressive. 
All right, well then. <laughs> uh, so Netflix may come out okay after all if they focus. And you know what? I, I like some of the. I actually like a lot of the foreign language stuff. So that's yeah. Uh, that's that's good. Um, There's a German show but, I watched about a time traveling cave or oh, something. Oh, dark. Yeah, dark. Dark is a fan, amazing show. Amazing, amazing show. Yeah, it is unbelievable. Amazing and I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it took me, like, it wasn't the first scene. It wasn't a Godzilla movie. It wasn't the first scene where I went, well, this was definitely another language. I was watching it going, this isn't quite, are my speakers out of sync? Am I, maybe I need to back out of this episode and start it again. Maybe my audio is a little out of sync, but I... No, I, yeah, something's, no, <laughs> for, for like the first couple minutes, I was like, I, no, yeah, th this is another link, no, <laughs> so they can do really well at writing d altered translation dialogue to match uh, mouth to words, it's, it's pretty impressive just doing it naturally. And then, you know, if you can do a little bit of manipulation on top of it, yeah, it'll be, it'll be unnoticeable at some point. So, but yeah, it's, Netflix is seeing an up right now. The writer's strike might undo all of that for a while with pauses, not full cancellation, cancellations of subscriptions, but that's part of what the writer's strike is hoping to accomplish is to show the streaming services, uh, you know, how important the writers are. So we will definitely see how all of this ends up playing out. Well, that is our show. Thank you to the, those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate our live uh, listeners and viewers. If you didn't join us live, would like to in the future, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us. If you can't join us live, that's okay. Plughitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, F5 Live, Pilch Point, Plug Hits Live Presents, Unboxed, uh, How To, and a whole bunch more. Uh, and of course, all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. We've got some interesting new stuff coming here, uh, hopefully in the, in the near future. Um, getting into the podcasting 2.0 stuff we'll see how all of that goes because i'm testing it right now uh so fingers crossed on that one um but like i said earlier we've got a lot of new content coming on the site so definitely uh say stay tuned over there and i think with that on behalf of the staff that's not here i'm scott i'm abram and we'll see you back next time ciao